What's going on, everybody? Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. Will Peterson, Rachel V. Hill. I'm down here at Ball Arena. Tampa Bay just took the ice for their morning skate. Will, the day is finally here. Game one is tonight. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great, Rachel. I got my pom-pom. I am ready to go. I know the pom-poms are down there, along with bracelets on the seats, too. Yes, the pom-pom. And then do you see a bracelet? Yeah. So I'm I got you. What, what is the bracelet deal? Is that going to be a light-up thing? I've seen that at, like, concerts before. I've seen it at concerts, too. That's what I'm assuming. So I think they're going to have some sort of light show. I don't know if it's going to happen pregame, during intermission, what it's going to be. But, yeah, if you're coming to the game tonight, be expected to get a bracelet in your seat and make sure you put it on and be part of a fun light show because they're always so cool to see. That's how you know it's yeah. big when they bring in the light show. Oh, yeah. Jake Shapiro, our producer, saying it's a pre-puck drop light show. Uh, which is great. You know, the arena is going to look super cool. But I have an idea. What if they light those bad boys up every time the Avalanche score? So the crowd just in unison, the pucks in the back of the net. We're not only lighting the lamp behind the net, but we're lighting up every person, 18,000 strong, to indicate the Avalanche have scored their first goal since 2001 in a Stanley Cup final game. I absolutely love that idea, Will. So good. They should hire you to be in charge of, like, game presentation. That's a smart one. Hopefully they do do that because it'll be cool. But another question a lot of people are having, were the Avs able to pull off a Blink-182 surprise for all of the small things? (laughs) Man, if they have, they've kept that completely under wraps because I have not heard even a whisper about that. Wouldn't that be so cool, though? It'd be cool. But, Rach, I love Blink-182 as much as the next guy. Is Blink-182 still even a thing? I mean, they were big in, like, the early 2000s. Like, are, are they even still a band? I, I know, like, you know, Travis Barker is still kind of a big deal, the drummer. And then I believe it was Mark and Tom, but some guys went in and out of the band. Like, you can tell my knowledge of Blink-182 is actually half decent. But, like, tell me the last time Blink-182 even did a concert. Are they prepared to come play all the small things at Ball Arena? It's, it's not like we're talking about you know, a current popular band. We're talking about a nostalgia early 2000s band. You're definitely not wrong. I love the idea. I couldn't tell you named more about the band than I even knew. So I have no idea if they're still together, but it would be cool. I think this place would be electric. Kale McCarr said yesterday that he does know the chorus and could sing it to all the small things yesterday for yesterday's media day. Well, we had a lot of fun. It was actually really cool. We don't always get to go out to events together, me, you, and Jake Shapiro, but we were able to go to media day yesterday. What was your biggest takeaway from it? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, You know, I said on your vlog that you did a nice job, really nice job, and published last night that it wasn't, you know, Super Bowl media day craziness, but it did have a little bit of that chaos, and you had a lot of hockey folks from, obviously, Canada, but across the pond, too. A ton of people from Europe were there yesterday, so that was exciting. Sort of added that element of, oh, this is a big deal. You know, it's not just me, you, D-Mac, and Dater hanging out. You know, there there was the whole crew was there no respect to no disrespect to D-Mac and Dater, but it just was, it was fun to have people from all over the country and, and li- literally all over the world in Denver for media day. Rachel, I thought the Av stuff, um, I thought Eric Johnson had the best quote that I heard and, and his quote, it was in my column this morning on denverfan.com. And he basically said, I've been here 12, 13 years. I don't know when it's going to be at for me. Knock, knock, wink, wink. It could be it literally this year. And basically said, your legacy as a player is defined 
by whether or not you win a Stanley Cup. So it, it, it's a it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. But Eric Johnson's going to be an old man 30, 40, 50 years from now. And he's really going to define his NHL career by whether or not the Avalanche win this series. And that's a little dramatic, but he's not wrong. Like if Eric Johnson and the Avs win this series, he is Eric Johnson's Stanley Cup champion the rest of his life. If they lose this series and his, his career comes to an end, which it very well could, he's Eric Johnson, former number one overall pick, great career, and he got there one time and couldn't get the job done. So I just think that the legacy is sort of being on the line is as we get closer to puck drop, it's building up that like this series will define guys' hockey careers the rest of their lives. And that obviously adds to the drama and the pressure and, and everything we're about to witness over the next couple of weeks. No, you're not wrong. Kel McCarr even had a quote, right? Like, we're looking to start our legacy, and Tampa Bay is looking to start a dynasty. With If they could do a three-peat, that doesn't happen very often. That's an incredible fan base that that's able to happen for them, but it doesn't happen very often. And so that quote really stuck out for me from Kel McCarr. But, again, it all goes back to the legacy of these players, and that's how big this moment is. If your name will live on forever, if you're able to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. And you had the great photo of the 95-96 team still etched on there that you you posted on all our social media channels. And 95-96, I mean, you know, we're talking 25, 26 years ago now uh, when the Avs got their first cup, and they're still there. They're still etched in history. They still travel with the cup everywhere all over the world. And I know they eventually have to remove rings as they, you know, move teams down and, and sort of have to archive those. But for now... If you win this trophy this year for the Avs, your name will be on that cup for like 40 to 50 more years. Like it's that much of a legacy sealer in terms of what a championship can do for you, particularly when it comes to hockey, because the the trophy itself has such a lure to it. You know, the Lombardi trophy, we see Tom Brady like tossing it around in the Tampa Bay Harbor and that's the most attention it gets. The Stanley Cup, like we'll track it to every bar. We'll track it to Gabe Landeskog taking it home to Sweden, Miko Rantanen taking it home to Finland, Kale McCarr taking it up to Calgary and Alberta. Like this thing will truly get to see the world if the Avalanche win the uh, win the cup with its players taking it all to their hometowns. I believe they all get a day or two with it. So it, it really is um, being in the same room with it. Yesterday it was in the Grand Atrium, and even Miko Rantanen said to me, he goes, "I'm sorry, guys." Like. I'm just focused on game one. I'm not letting my imagination go there. And it was the right answer. But, Rachel, the cup being there yesterday was the elephant in the room. All the players were right next to it, but they got to win this series to be able to touch it. One team will get to do that, and the other team obviously will go home bitterly disappointed. It's cold in here, Will, but you gave me goosebumps with what you were talking about right there. Like, I, I already shove goosebumps, but you gave me some extra ones because, oh, my goodness, I'm so excited for tonight. But let's go into a little bit more about this, too, because obviously we talked about legacies. We're talking about Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon. This is a big moment for him. It's huge. It's huge. You know, he said last year after the Vegas series that he hadn't won bleep in his nine years in the NHL. Well, he's now won a Jeez. lot more. He, he's, won a, he's won a Western Conference final. He's won a second-round series. So he's checked two boxes that he never had on his resume. But no one cares, at least not the outsiders. Like, the, the average hockey fan in New York isn't going to say, 
oh, Nathan McKinnon won a Western Conference final. His legacy is cemented. No, he has to win a Stanley Cup final now to, to cement his legacy. And hockey careers are long, and these guys start so young. I mean, they all start when they're like 17, 18, 19 years old that they can play for 20 years. But McKinnon is halfway through his career um, and probably on the best team he's ever going to be on. So if he needs to seize an opportunity and seize a moment, it's now. Could the Avalanche get back here? Of course. We, we've talked about how they could be starting to build their own dynasty, and this could be the first of three or four in the next handful of years. But the reality is, is Nazem Kadri's a free agent. Valerie Nachushian's a free agent. You still have to sign McKinnon. Your goaltender situation isn't perfect by any stretch. We can talk about the future later. But my point is, this may be the only time you get to this moment. So seize it, because you never know if you'll be back. Like Cam Newton got to Super Bowl 50, and everyone's like, ah, Cam Newton, MVP, he's going to play in four of them. You know how many Cam Newton's going to play in in his life? One. And the Broncos made his life crazy and hard that day, and Cam Newton will leave the NFL without a Super Bowl ring. So you can have this anticipation of we're going to do this year after year after year. You never know. You're here now. Seize the moment. It's like the Eminem song, Lose Yourself. Like, you got to lose yourself in the music in the moment, and you got to seize it. And I'm not going to rap, but that's how the lyrics go, and that's what the Avalanche have to do. You know, I think I think you should rap a little bit for us, Will. Drop a little bit of a beat. Uh, man, all right, all right. <laughs> right, as uh, soon as you get put on the spot, you're like, do I even remember the lyrics? Yeah, there's there's something about mom's spaghetti in there. He's like, he's he's nervous, <laughs> and, and like, there's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, like, there you go. There's something. There, for you. Okay, that was yeah. the highlight. Thank you so much for that, Will. Let's talk about Darcy Kemper, though. We're obviously assuming Jared Bednar did not give any updates to him, but we're assuming he's going to be in net tonight for the Avalanche. Yeah, he was in the starters net, which is the you know the net on the right side, I believe. I guess depending on what side of the ice you're observing from, that the starter normally goes in. Jared Bednar spoke with the media about a half hour ago. Our own DMac was there, and, and DMac confirmed that Bednar would not acknowledge Kemper as the starter. But again. D-Mac's been to 100 of these morning skates. He knows how it works. He knows where the starter goes and lines up. And then that uh, Cogliano and Kadri are day-to-day, quote, for they're not playing tonight. So that is a huge bummer, although we could have expected that. I mean, they both literally had surgery in the last couple of weeks. be a minor miracle if they get back in this series at all, let alone game one. But, yeah, I think it's going to be Kemper tonight. And I think uh, that's – the right decision, but I also think, I don't know, I would have ridden the hot hand with Frankie. I know that's not popular. I know a lot of people think Kemper's earned the right, and he has. He's been he's been very solid this year, but I'm still just not sure that the eye is right. I'm still not sure he's totally recovered from what happened against Nashville. So it'll be Kemper's net tonight, Rachel. But and I'll ask you this because I'm just thinking out loud. I'm curious. Do you think there will be a quick hook? Like, if Tampa gets two goals in the first period, is it right back to Francois, or is that a little bit of panic? Can the head coach not show in the Stanley Cup final that he's going to have that quick a hook and not trust his guys? I can see it both ways. I think he'll ride with Kemper throughout game one. If he were to give up six goals, I could see them possibly being like, you know what, we'll make a change. Or I can also see Jared Bednar just being like, it wasn't his night, you know? We look ahead, and he's our goalie throughout the rest of this series. 
Uh, but I don't think they make any change tonight unless Darcy will pull himself like he did in the last series. That's, that's my personal opinion. Who knows? I feel like Jared Bednar has been really good, though, at keeping this team very calm, cool, um, collected, very businesslike. So I don't, I don't see any panic, even if the Avs do get down early. Yeah, he's pushed all the right buttons. And the, the reality is they've won 12 games, right? Darcy Kemper has won six, and Pavel Francouz has won six. So the journey to the cup final was was absolutely uh, – uh, both guys were big parts of it. So if they're both big parts of this series to go win the darn thing, would that shock anyone? No, because it's taken six wins from each to, to get them to this point. So it could be Kemper's net tonight. And I'm with you. It would it would probably take a real meltdown for him to get pulled in the game tonight. But does that mean Francois is done for the series? Absolutely not. I don't think we've seen the last of both guys at this point. And I think that we know Francois will be ready. He's proved that. And he's a more than capable backup, which for me as a fan makes me feel better that I'm rooting for Darcy. Of course I'm rooting for Darcy. I hope Darcy starts every game and, and stands on his head and looks like the Kemper at the end of the regular season who was unreal. But if he's not, I'm very confident because Francois is right there. And that is a reassuring feeling as an Avalanche fan. No, absolutely. I'm totally with you on that. I feel confident in both of them that they can get the job done. And it's going to be interesting, obviously, how this all kind of plays out over the course of this entire series, especially starting with tonight. We will have more Avs talk, though. DMAC will hopefully be joining me after he hears from some players after morning skate. So he'll hop in. But let's talk a little bit about Broncos because last night there was some drama stirring, Will, around Melvin Gordon. Yeah, so the Denver Post had a column from Sean Keeler, and we see it on our screen. He said, depending on whom you ask, Melvin Gordon is either an underrated, strong, confident, misunderstood fantasy league workhorse or a selfish, me-first, a fumble-prone headache. And Melvin Gordon did not like that at all. Um, LMFAO, I'm not going to tell you what that stands for. Go ask my teammates if I'm selfish, gang. I hate y'all folks. I really do, and I mean that so much when I say it. Gordon then added, obviously, on God, I can't wait to get back on that podium to talk. Uh, Give you all something to write about, I promise. So, listen, is Melvin Gordon selfish for not showing up to OTAs? If you actually read Sean Keeler's column, which I did, Sean just said there's two sides to this. Some people – it's literally what the tweet from the post said. Some people think that Melvin is – you know, a great guy and a, and a workhorse and a, and a, you know, misunderstood. And he's, he's put, look at the numbers. He's put up 20 touchdowns in a Broncos uniform. And then there's others that say, dude, you're about to get your job taken by Javante Williams. You got Russell Wilson here and you can't be bothered to show up to work. Even though it's voluntary, you're not, you're going to be the guy who doesn't, he, he doesn't come to work. So I thought Sean did a good job of laying out both, angles in his column of why some people feel one way and why some people feel the other way. But Melvin clearly just read the headline and had a Melvin meltdown about it on Twitter, uh, a Melvin melty and, uh, you know, literally said, I hate y'all. Really? You hate y'all? Come on, dude. So yeah, bit of a meltdown for Melvin Gordon last night and everything's been humming along just perfectly with the Broncos. But this Melvin Gordon thing, it's why I would not have re-signed him. You and I had talked about this for months. I would have gone in a different direction. And it's June 14th, and Melvin Gordon is stirring up drama, and I don't like it. And I wouldn't expect him to get on the podium anytime soon. I'm sure the Broncos will be like, you know, let's let this heat settle. Let's show them what we can see out on the field. But I don't 
don't know. Here's the thing with Melvin, and here's how I feel about this entire situation. I do think he gets a lot of undeserving hate from Broncos country. There's the Philip Lindsay portion of it, and then there's the him not showing up. He's known for fumbling the ball. We all make mistakes at our job. It happens. I get it. It's a lot bigger stage when you're playing for the NFL. But at the same time, it's Super Bowl or bust for this team. Show up. Don't be doing a podcast. Or if you are going to do a podcast, don't tweet about it when you know that there's practice going on. That's my big thing where players get in trouble with social media because, again, if he hadn't tweeted about it, no one would ever have known he did the podcast during OTAs. It just would have been, oh, he did a podcast. He could have done it on a Tuesday night at 9.30 p.m., you know what I mean? So that's the kind of stuff that irks me about the situation. Yes, Melvin has had a good career, but does he need to get on social media and, you know, cause all this drama around a team that's trying not to have anything and just have the Super Bowl, you know, at the end of this season be the end-all be-all? Yeah, so Melvin, get off Twitter, stop talking about it, go out there and just show everybody that they should be talking about you like this. That's my personal opinion. What about yours, Will? Yeah, and I think you said something interesting there. Like, everyone screws up at work. Like, yeah, we all we all screw up at work, right? Mm-hmm. But if you made a colossal mistake, Rachel, and then just didn't show up the next day, how do you think that would go over, right? Like, it's one thing to make the mistake. It's another to rectify it and say, hey, I screwed up. It happens. I'm here to work hard. Like, I think everyone in the office, whatever office you're in, whether you're in the Denver fan office or, you know, corporate real estate or whatever, you know, I think everyone's going to have a lot more respect for you if you if you own your mistake and show back up to work. The next day, I think it was like rubbing it in people's faces. I'm too good for you to do this. So I'm going to do this podcast. And oh, by the way, you know, 95% of my teammates are out there grinding, but I'm Melvin Gordon. Like, dude, you're not Barry Sanders. You're not LaDainian Tomlinson. Hell, you're not even close to Terrell Davis, the greatest running back in Broncos history. Like not even in the same stratosphere as TD. But you're acting like you're TD. And that rubs a lot of people the wrong way, myself included. And then his behavior on Twitter last night just showed um, he's still got a lot of growing up to do. I mean, Rachel, let's not forget, when Melvin Gordon got his DUI, the body cam footage from the cops showed him talking about, I'm in a competition at my job with Philip Lindsay. It's like, really? Like, you're going to get a couple glasses of wine in you and start spouting to the cops about how much in your head Philip Lindsay is? Like, it just shows you there's like a fragileness to this guy that he's obviously an elite athlete on the physical side but the mental side between all this stuff and a lot of people will tell you mentally is a fumbling or uh, fumbling is a mental problem not a physical problem and he has an issue with that too so believe me i think melvin gordon's done some nice things but i don't know if melvin gordon has earned the right to act the way melvin gordon wants to act no and especially too with I believe I said this last week, or it could have even been earlier this week. It's not Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater out here. You know what I mean? Like, you have Russell Wilson as your quarterback. All right, it's time to buckle up. It's time to show up every single day because you truly are in a Super Bowl time frame where you could win it all for this team. And what does everybody want if you're going into the NFL? It's not to just you know, go play on Sundays. It's to win a championship. So buckle up, Melvin Gordon. Like, show everybody that they shouldn't be talking about you like this. They shouldn't call you selfish. They should say, you know what, Melvin came out here, he did his job, and he helped this team get to a Super Bowl and to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's played in zero Super Bowls in his career. It's like my Diet Dr. Pepper, Rachel. I don't know if you can see it because my light's so bright, but it's got zero calories per bottle. 
That's how many Super Bowls Melvin Gordon has played in. Zero. And by the way, you know it's going to be a long night when I'm drinking Diet Dr. Pepper at 1030 in the morning. I was literally about to point that out and be like, so we're already starting on the Dr. Pepper and it's not even 11 a.m. yet, huh? Yeah, normally I'm a coffee guy, so I had a coffee at about 8 this morning and then my Diet Dr. Pepper at about 1030. And then I'm done. I can't do caffeine past noon. If I do caffeine past noon, I'm... I'm up all night. Now, we're going to be up late tonight, obviously, with the abs, but uh, I can't afford to, to not sleep. Like like I saw you tweeted, you did. Did you really not sleep? I did not. I don't know if it like was... Like at all? Zero? Melvin Gordon Super Bowl? Zero? <laughs> I mean, I got a few hours in here, but it wasn't ever like deep sleep. Like I just kind of felt like I was rolling around and I was hot and then I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited for tomorrow. Like... I was just all over the place. My mind was racing. I was excited to get down here. I was excited to show everybody, obviously, what we've got going out on the ice over here. It's so exciting. And the one and only, Z-Mac, is now here. We're going to get to him. But first, we're going to take you to some more Bronco content. Will, thank you so much for hanging out with us. But we've got Mace's Minute talking about Bronco's mandatory minute cap yesterday. Broncos minicamp day two took place here at UC Health Training Center. And Russell Wilson had a pretty good day, although he was intercepted at one point by Justin Simmons. He had a nice throw to Cortland Sutton about midway through the practice, found him near the left sideline. This was also the first practice that we saw move the ball work, at least in those that we have seen uh, with our own eyes here in media the last few weeks. The offense, first-team offense, had a little bit of a rough go. They got two cracks at it. The first crack, they went three and out. Second crack, they got into scoring position. Second-team offense did a little better, got into goal to go, but then was stopped at the two-yard line, settled for a Brendan McManus field goal, and that's what wrapped up the practice. Well, actually, what wrapped up the practice was the assistant coaches catching balls on the jugs machine Didn't really go well at first. They got better as it went on. Defensive coaches got the better of it when all was said and done. But that's it for day two. Minicamp day three on Wednesday, unless they cancel it or have a field day or a hat day or whatever. If there is a practice, we'll be out here covering it. Andrew Mason for DenverFan.com. All right. Andrew just said, will they have a field day at Broncos today? What's your take? Well, they did I guess okay. uh, they they cancel practice okay. and um, they are having an off field activity as a team. You know what, Rachel? Um, uh, it's one of these weird things that it doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's about the culture you set as a team. So it might be okay if that's what the expectation is, and maybe it's not that big of a deal. We know with Big Fangio, it was kind of an unmitigated disaster, as things pointed out, and perhaps they were just too loose with everything. But I'm not going to make that big of a deal of it, um, because we'll see what the expectations are with Hackett. We'll see if it's a big deal or not. You know, I think he truly believes if you have fun at your job, you're going to perform well at your job. So I know James is all no field day, anti-field day, whatever, but... I'll, I'll tell you this, just on a more serious note on that. Hit me. The thought of the avalanche having a scheduled camp or some sort of thing that practice is scheduled Mm -hmm. and them not doing it just to goof around is like ludicrous. They schedule their team bonding activities. They know, okay, this is what we're going to do for team bonding. And when it comes to hockey, this is what we're going to do. They know what optional skates are and what practices are. So the concept of this, this, this weird game we're playing, like, oh, it's a scheduled practice, but oh, no, surprise, it's a goof-around day. 
to me, it's it's all silly. Just just schedule a goof around day, you know, or, or just let the guys go to Mexico or wherever they go on their off days, um, or just tell them, tell everybody. No, third day we're going to do this. Be more organized with how you're going to do everything. The whole concept, like, hey, surprise! You work so hard at your job, you get a fun day. To me, is silly, but it's an NFL silly thing that makes no sense. Okay, so my only thought process on this is maybe the team knew that this was going to be a fun day and just the media was like hey we're going to know that maybe you need to be around for this while the team already knew ahead of time. The, the problem is all the players now do expect this mm. they, they know that this is coming it's not a surprise it's expected what would be shocking is if Hackett walked in and said nope not good enough let's go that would be the surprise but maybe it could happen too well, Maybe Hackett could walk in and be like, "You guys sucked the last two days. Let's get back out there. We got a long way to go." Yeah, the the uh, the coach that farts rainbows is not going to be a downer. That's all I can say. <laughs> Gosh, his energy is so crazy. But let's get into obviously the big game of the night. Dmac, thanks for hanging out with me first of all here on Coffee Break. Yeah, it's great to be here. We got to get into Darcy Kemper, Jared Bednar, not giving really any updates. No surprise there. There was a funny moment. John Cooper, who's got a great personality, by the way. This is my first time being around yeah. John Cooper of the Lightning. Um, he was asked about, well, if France, how, how do you prepare if you don't know who the starting goalie is? And he goes, well, we we know we kind of know who is the starting goalie, right? And and everybody laughed because it's clearly Darcy Kemper. But it's 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 one of these funny things like you try to keep this weird will he play, won't he play that sort of thing. It's like injuries too, like they say upper body injury, they won't specify on well, what it is or lower body injury. I'll tell you something about the Lightning and that's quick to understand. They don't care about conventional wisdom or how things have been done. Uh, Point, who was hurt for them, is playing tonight. They announced it. Point is playing. They announced it. Hagel is up in the air. They're not quite sure. But Point is going to, I forget. Yes. How many games? He's missed quite a bit of time, too, right? He's missed a little. I I can't tell you the exact amount, but he has been out a couple of weeks. But no, Cooper just announced that Point is playing, and we'll see about Hagel. They touched the, 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 the trophy for the Eastern Conference. I'm not sure what the name is off the top of my head. They paraded around. They, they, they clearly do things in their own way, and they don't care about certain types of tradition. So it, it is clearly a separator with the Lightning and traditional NHL ways of doing things. Good sense of humor with uh, John Cooper, too. That was my biggest takeaway from yesterday's media day was that for the Lightning, it seemed very calm, cool, collected. Mm-hmm. They were laughing. We've been here. We've done yeah. that. And for the Avs, it was very buttoned-up business-like. This is our first time. We're here strictly on business. So which attitude will pay off? I guess we're going to find out tonight. Well, I mean, that is a huge question is experience versus the, the guys who have depth. So what matters more? The Avs clearly have top to bottom, better talent, but they don't have a better goaltender. The Lightning do, and the Lightning have far more experience. And that's why a panel of um, experts from ESPN out of 26, 14 picked the Lightning. Rightfully so. They've, they've, they've earned their stripes. They've got skins on the wall. Look at today. They're not even doing a morning skate today. They're just do, getting some mm-hmm. optional reps. They're, they're ready. So I mean, So you can see just a couple amount of guys out there on the ice. Yeah, I mean, my guess is none of these guys are playing tonight. And they're getting, got to keep their legs going. Yeah, they're just getting their workouts in, whereas the Avs uh, had a, a full skate. And I'm not going to say they're too wound up, but the third person on the ice today during the morning skate was Nathan McKinnon. And, and you should have seen how he came out. He just, like, came out and went as hard as he could, like, two huge laps around the ice and then started doing individual work with a, with a coach. 
this is unusual. McKinnon's not usually out that early. It just shows, okay, we're good, we're ready to go. Gabe Landeskog um, passed on several morning skates during the playoffs as he, you know, uh, still conditions from his, his injury. Okay, so just to play it out today, it does seem just on the surface, the, the Avs are a little more wound up about this than the Lightning. I think that's pretty fair. But then again, who knows if that's going to matter or not. We'll see. I'm so excited. Yeah, and you hope you hope as you look around and and uh, by the way, everybody's got pom poms, yep, but they we also have this yeah. on the show these bracelets. The bracelets, these are cool. If you're yep. coming tonight, you put these on and they can do different colors and different areas, yep. and that's going to be uh, that that's new too. That hasn't been here, so that's going to be a cool thing too. The sense of excitement here in Denver, Rachel, is off the charts. You just got to hope the Avs aren't gripping the stick a little too tight. That's going to be the main question. Plus, they've obviously been off for, I believe it's going to be nine days now. So can mm-hmm. they, you know, get right out there and play their game? And I think that's been the major thing in this playoffs as everything I've watched is, for example, the Rangers in game six, they tried so hard to just beat Tampa Bay. They didn't play their own game. Can the Avs play their own game and be confident enough in their play that they can go out there and beat Tampa Bay? I think the important, th- we'll see. Mm-hmm. Great question. And if we learned anything from the Rangers Lightning series, this Lightning team, with their experience, okay, they're down a game. Okay, they're down two games. They're all right. They're not going to freak out. No um, and so, listen, you, of course you want to win every game that you play. But for both of these teams, tonight's not exactly make or break. It's not make or break at all, actually. It's just a step in the right or wrong direction, but only that. You'll see things build as this series goes. But the anticipation with the Avalanche fans, I mean, they must be going bonkers, you know. And who knows how much these seats cost. I mean, I don't know what you're spending for <laughs> these bad boys here. I can't even imagine. It's going to be fun. Both DMAC and I will be down here at Ball Arena. If you're coming to the game. Well, we won't be down here. We'll be we'll up be there. there. <laughs> we'll be here in Denver for the game. Let us know. Please tag us on any social media if you're coming out to the game. We would love to see who's coming out. DMAC will also be down at Blake Street Tavern yes. this afternoon for the drive. So head on over there if you're in need of a little pregame party to hang out with him. And Tyler, who else is joining you? Uh, Orlando's going to be down there. Awesome. Zach Bai's going to be down there. Mike Evans is coming down a little bit later. So, um, you know, everybody out and about. It's, it's such an exciting day. Yes, we're looking forward to it. Last question for you, score prediction. Hit me. I got four, three avs with a late goal or an overtime goal. Oh, we're starting off this series hot. How about I'm that? Going forward to Tampa. I just think that it's gonna. This is gonna be the one game that they give up, and then I think that's gonna be straight fire for the rest of the series. But Dmac, as no, well, if we lose for, uh, that's gonna be a problem. I don't want to. Trust <laughs> I, I, I would, I would be much more comfortable produ- uh, predicting the Lightning winning in Game Two. Losing in Game One for so the Avs. Well, uh, because if you go back to the Blue Series, they, they won game one, and then they just lost their legs. They emptied the gas tank. They've had so much rest. There's so much excitement. To lose game one, that might be a problem. I, I wouldn't worry as much about losing game two, and then you've got to figure things out. Don't forget the Avs are 7-0 and on the road, so it's not like they're afraid of playing road games as well. Oh, man, you got the Avs losing tonight, Rachel? Really? I will say, and this has kind of taken a shot at myself, Anytime I thought that the Avs are going to lose, they proved me wrong. They're like, Rachel, shut up. We got this. Don't worry about it. So that makes me feel a little bit more confident, but I'm not feeling, like, gung-ho. About you got Darcy that. playing a bad game? I do. 
I don't think he's. I know they're saying he's 100%. I just don't think. I don't think it's there. Well, it's been a, hey, 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 listen, listen, listen. I get you, Rachel. It's been a long time since he's actually played in the game. I will say they've had multiple practices where he's taken shots at 100%, and he's, he's looked fine. John Cooper again said he's not really worried about either one, but he did point out kind of the obvious, the one difference with Kemper compared to Frankie. He's taller. He's bigger. He's 6'5", and he just takes up, like, more space. Yeah. And I know that sounds a little odd, but I think that is the number one reason Kemper gets the start. Yep. Well, yeah, I guess we'll never know, but we're going to find out. Tonight. You got them pulling, pulling Kemper? Do you get it like so, three nothing, and then he stays in no matter what. I think if they're going to make a change, but a rough be, game for him. I think that the Lightning are going to come out really, really fast. All right, Rachel. Mm. I know. I'm sorry, Jeez. everybody. I hope I'm wrong wow. though. But Dmac. As always, thank you so much. Everybody else, thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning here on Coffee Break. James Marilot, Will Peterson, and myself will be live post-game after the game, immediately after the horn sounds on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So make sure you hang out with us there, and then we'll be back tomorrow morning. Again, me and this man will be back here at 10.30 a.m. Thanks, everybody. Make sure you wear your bracelets. Tag us, too, if you're coming out to the game. Bye, everyone.